Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the review show for episode 30 on trans rights with guest Heather Peter. I'm Progress Deputy Editor Connor Pope and I'm joined by Director Richard Angel to go through your responses. It's the day after the local elections and what a night. I can confirm that Labour has gained Barnet, Westminster, Wandsworth, North East Lincolnshire, Trafford, Walsall, Havering, Solihull, Dudley, Hillingdon, Stockport and Harrogate. They've just announced Kensington and Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, we've made all of that. We're recording this on Wednesday because we'll be out on the doorsteps for all of polling day. So I actually have no idea what the results are yet. But um, I think we're expecting a good night. I think we are. Labour's basically up for election in urban-only areas. And two things are in our favour in particular. Firstly, there's a kind of competence battle. The councils that are the terrain this time, whether you look in London, where you've got Wandsworth, Westminster, Kensington, Chelsea, Barnet are up for grabs. The Tories have kind of cut to the bone in these areas where they're barely running councils anymore, as you saw in the fallout of Grenfell, where the local services fell over when people really, really needed them. But equally, when you look at Trafford or Amber Valley, they've had Conservative councils for a long time now and things are in trouble there. Or North East Lincolnshire, where hopefully Labour is kind of hoping to bounce back after one term out of office but where the record locally isn't very good and voters aren't particularly happy. So you've got a kind of competence in all those places where the focus is the Tories are really starting to be found wanting in their local community and low council tax just isn't cutting it anymore. Secondly, you've got a kind of cultural force where you've got basically the kind of revenge of the Remainers in all these urban areas going out to vote for Labour. You've got high BME voters who are annoyed by Windrush, obviously nationally, and I think in particular in London, there's still a massive hangover from the Zach Goldsmith campaign. There's obviously some enthusiasm still for Corbyn and particular hatred for Theresa May. And one of the things that I think is remarkable about this whole campaign is the Tories are barely fighting it. You know, nobody wants to be mayor of London. They haven't got a champion or a ringleader out there across the capital city. And what is their message across the country? They basically don't really have one. It's still a kind of don't endorse Corbyn thing but I barely even see them make that let alone yeah well I mean look at the week that the Tories are having it started obviously with the Home Secretary like resigning you know which 
I think even by Wednesday, which is as, as, as we speak now, it feels like it's slightly disappeared a bit. But the Home Secretary resigning is, is a big deal. And the issue that she was resigning over Windrush, the Tories have done a three-line whip on Wednesday in an opposition day debate on Windrush when they haven't done a three-line whip on a Labour opposition day motion in a year. The idea that they're doing that the day before the local elections is really quite incredible. And Labour succeeded in calling all their MPs back, all the chaos that will have caused in various places around the country. And then the, the Jeremy Hunt statement in the Commons on Wednesday about failures in the NHS over breast cancer screening. So it is, in a political sense, is an incredibly bad run-up for them. Nothing is going in their favour by any way, shape or form. And I don't think Conservatives will be jumping out of bed when their 5am alarm goes off tomorrow to do a dawn raid. They're hardly going to have their tails high when they're on the doorstep. I think a lot of Tories will sit this out, quite frankly. And I think it is going to be a good night for Labour as we're pulling together as a party. A lot of the counts will be done throughout Friday daytime rather than overnight into Thursday. So I'm sure as people listen, a lot of results won't have come in yet. So, you know, we can't do the analysis now and, uh, and I don't think there'll be analysis to be done quite on Friday morning. But we will be able to be providing lots of analysis on Saturday, the 5th of May, which is the Progress Annual Conference. And it's going to be an absolutely brilliant conference. It's going to be kicked off with Alastair Campbell doing a barnstorming speech on a series of issues, particularly covering Brexit and the causes of Brexit and various internal Labour things that you'll find interesting. I think we've got a really good state of the party panel, which kicks off with Ellie Mayo Hagen, who is from the Corbyn Easter camp in the Labour Party, West Streeting MP, who is more from our stable, it's fair to say, and they'll, I'm sure, have a really vibrant debate with other people like Stephen Bush and with Claire Coghill, who's the leader of Waltham Forest, who we imagine has just been re-elected uh, <laughs> on, on Friday morning. Other things throughout the day, you've got Stella Creasy appearing, Ben Bradshaw, Seb Dance, and we have got a final question time palette, which is absolutely brilliant. Diane Abbott, Liz Kendall, Mary Cray, Andrew Eagle, and Councillor Georgia Gould, who is the leader in Camden, which is chaired by Aisha Hazarika. So it's, I think, quite exciting. One of the other things, we've got a special live recording of the podcast with John O'Farrell, who's writer of the memoirs, Things Can Only Get Better and Things Can Only Get Worse. So do send your questions for him to us via iTunes, uh, as an iTunes review, um, and be quick, because we're recording that on Saturday morning. Uh, that'll be out on Tuesday morning to download as usual. Tickets for the conference will be available on the door if you haven't got yours yet. £13.50 for members and £35 for non-members. Conference starts at 10am at the TUC's Congress House in Central London. Tottenham Court Road is the nearest tube for that. And the Marlon Solomon podcast was a really popular with our listeners. I think it was the second most listened to in the first 48 hours that it had been up mm. online. Marlon is doing his one-man show on anti-Semitism and conspiracy theories at the conference. So come along and you can get a ticket for that. That is such a good show. I saw it for the first time a couple of months ago. I may go and watch it again this yeah. weekend. <laughs> but so obviously I've been away for a couple of weeks from the podcast, but obviously I've been listening in. It's, uh, you know... It's all right without me, but it was. <laughs> oh, it's not all about it you. Was, it was great to hear from Heather Pito on the podcast this week. Um, it's brilliant news that she's standing for Labour's NEC. 
So she's been touring the country for both the NEC election and crucially for local elections, particularly campaigning in nearby Derby and Amber Valley near where she lives. And we're obviously, fingers crossed, for good results in both of those places throughout the rest of today. But she is obviously the trans officer of LGBT Labour. And I mean, it was a slightly longer than usual podcast, but I think people bared with us, actually. I hope they found it interesting at the various points. But slightly methodically, we went through... What is the reality for trans people in the UK today? How has it got better, but where is it still an absolute travesty for many people? What was the original need for the Gender Recognition Act? How has time demanded that that change in line with self-definition? Why that won't lead to the kind of fall down of all of human society, which if you read the Sunday Times and various other things, some of the appalling debate that has taken place around it would suggest and why there is that kind of need for change and how it will really help people who are sometimes either caught in limbo between their various statuses, as Heather outlined, in a way I hadn't really ever thought of, of insurance, for example, that becomes a very real reality uh, for your lives, etc. So I think people bear with us. The feedback I've had has been remarkable. Either people who never engaged with trans issues before, but suddenly their eyes were opened. People who were really surprised that all of the reform to the Gender Recognition Act that people like Heather and others are campaigning for only affects essentially your ability to get a birth certificate change, not some of the myriad of other issues that people have kind of folded into this debate that poisons it unnecessarily. So we've had that, which is quite interesting. We've had a really nice welcome, I think, from the trans community who I think appreciated the issue being covered by the Progressive Britain podcast and the way in which it was handled by somebody like Heather, who clearly has kind of forgotten more on this stuff than many of us will ever know or learn. But there has been a bit of a backlash from a very small number of people most of which I think it's fair to say haven't actually listened to the podcast, which I think is so disappointing mm. because on an issue like this, we were trying to, like I said, meticulous to separate out some of the different issues and to really focus on why there needs to be reform to the Gender Recognition Act and how that doesn't interplay with some of the issues that other people might have, most of which come about because of the Equalities Act that was written by not just two women but two amazing feminists in Harriet Harman and Vera Baird but actually that has a really quite positive settlement that people are relatively happy with the status quo, but have kind of made up that these fears that GRA reform will somehow lead to essentially a quality act provisions reform. And there's no evidence for that. And as Heather pointed out, the jurisdictions, whether they be Argentina or Ireland, that have passed this form of self-declaration haven't actually found people kind of faking their gender or pretending to be or exploiting the system. Because as Heather outlined, is you have to basically kind of swear, not just an affidavit, but I forget what she called it now, but a kind of a legal document that is covered, that if you breach it, it's potentially two years imprisonment. It's not a kind of, you know, it's not, it's not a light piece of paper that yeah. you might do on a whim. And I think it's sad that there are some people who've come up against it and you know, somebody said they would leave Progress because we'd done the edition, which I thought was really sad. And somebody else said that they thought Progress might potentially be their home, but our views on strange trans issues was a reason why they wouldn't join. And I thought, well, maybe it's not for you because well, actually, they aren't strange trans issues, they're equality. I think that's interesting. In, in fact, exactly what you've just said, that, that describing it as strange and often, I think, critics 
will try and paint the idea of trans issues as being somehow middle class and you know some metropolitan elite or whatever which you know i'm sure heather was homeless for quite a long time (laughs) having gone through transition and i don't think she'd and and it's criticisms that we've heard about various issues in the past which are now thankfully more mainstream but certainly from a personal position quite literally the only trans people i can think of that i know in in my life are actually from working class backgrounds the idea that they or their families and their friends are somehow elevated to some sort of manipulative metropolitan elite because they care about those issues because it personally affects them it's an absolute joke isn't it but it's something that i think we see every time a new minority issue is brought to the fore in the way that trans issues has done in the past couple of years and essentially it's that process that you have to fight through it's somehow a, hearing, a distraction for talking about jobs and yeah. real things. Well, if you're contemplating suicide, your ability to engage in the labour market is seriously diminished. And if the reason why you're contemplating suicide is because of transphobia in society, then that is for progressives to deal with. And this bill hasn't even come forward. The Tories haven't got round to doing it. So it's not like it's getting in the way of some big issue that the government's burning to pass through the House of Lords, but it's being, you know, caught up behind the trans rights bill. It's just nonsense and it's it's a bit disappointing. But I hope people appreciated the way we dealt with it, the methodical way, the kind of thoughtful way. And I think Heather showed a personal story that is quite telling and really profound. So thank you to her for doing it. We also got some positive feedback on iTunes. Ant Woodsy says that he recently joined Progress after joining Labour last year and really enjoys the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, he can't make it to annual conference this weekend because it's his birthday. Oh, well, happy <laughs> birthday to Ant. And of course, he'll be able to listen to the podcast live being recorded at Progress Annual Conference on Tuesday morning. It'll be out at 6 a.m. But also through the following week, most of the sessions will get put up on our SoundCloud account. Yeah prog.rs forward slash soundcloud you can find them from this year's conference last year's conference many others uh, events that we do so the podcast isn't the only audio product that we do you can find out the best audio from lots of our events uh, on soundcloud anyway and if you send us your name and address we will make sure that we put a birthday progress mug in the post for you and on that we have a political pub quiz question every week so this week we asked which u.s president refuses to use a telephone in the white house Uh, the answer was calvin coolidge um plenty of people got that right i've barely heard of him um i couldn't name him at all (laughs) Uh, but obviously i don't care about american politics yeah i think i think a lot of our listeners uh, certainly a lot of people in british politics care a lot about american politics so plenty of people got that right we'll send a mug to john Lindsay, who got there first john again send your name and address to office at progressonline.org.uk and we'll stick a mug in the post for you we have just had a new batch of mugs in so if you've not received one from a previous episode we apologize for that but We've got them here now, so do get back in touch and we'll make sure that yours gets sent over. Remember to send any comments and questions you've got. Any questions you've got for John O'Farrell for the podcast on Saturday morning. Leave your review, rate or subscribe on iTunes. It's the best way to get the Progressive Britain podcast not only directly to your phone, but to other progressive people's phones too. We'll be back on Tuesday next week with Connor doing the live special with John O'Farrell. Thank you for listening.
You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast with Connor Pope and Richard Angel. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.